This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, um, here with our founder, uh, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. We uh, we are always interested to see what God puts on our heart to talk about on these podcasts. And, and as Rocky and I were talking earlier, it's often things that we're just dealing with on an everyday basis. Like, And we figure if we're dealing with it, you're probably dealing with it. And so the other thing is, I think uh, we want to equip all of you out there as you're on your journey, as you're abiding in Christ and as you're living it out in your sphere of influence, um, the, you know, the, the things you're trying to live out will be challenged and, and you're going to have life situations and all that. And we just hope to maybe bring to light things that, that you might face and, and hopefully help you on your journey. So uh, so our, our topic today uh, is really about reconciliation between two people, right? I, I think mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. If that's conflict the, resolution. Conflict resolution. How uh, to have a good argument. <laughs> how to have a good argument. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, Rocky and I, we, we, we work in the workplace together. And we're the only two people who work here. So, <laughs> so not. I mean, are we admitting anything that we've ever had any arguments here? <laughs> well, we have a few other people come through here, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, we have other opportunities. That's right. No, so, I, I think, uh, honestly, the reason why we're discussing is because from our experience in the marketplace and at home, keep in, that, keep in mind that we oh, yeah. have a test tube there, right? True. Yeah. And, if you're uh, married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or with your kids. Yeah, you or have whatever. kids or whatever. Uh, there's always a situation that's going to require a resolution, a conflict resolution, a reconciliation, if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Now, and if you're not doing it right, well, then that's another situation. Well, I think it, it also ties into what you've always said about how Satan, if he's going to trip up this ministry or us as a disciple, he'll try to divide us from right. those around us or divert our us off the mission God has for us. You that's know? right. And this is a key attack area of division. He's always trying to divide us. Well, you know, you could apply that uh, that situation to a home, to, to a family. Oh, yeah. To a marriage. Uh to children and parents, uh, to uh, sisters and brothers mm-hmm. and cousins and so on, best friends even. I mean, I think, Rocky, I'm just picturing right now, people who are listening out there right now are thinking of somebody that they're having some a struggle with I'm, right I, now. I so hope we, they are. Yeah. I hope they are. And, and, and the reason why, Brian, is because I think that if we have a, a relationship with Christ and His Spirit lives within us, then there are going to be things that He's going to be speaking to us about. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would say it's a conscience. Uh, I don't think it's that. I think that you can have a conscience before you know Christ, and that it's based on culture. Some people don't have a problem with killing somebody in certain cultures. Mm-hmm. But I think that when we have the Spirit of God within us, then it passes through a grid of how he sees things, his perspective. And he was really big on, on forgiveness, uh, going the extra mile. Uh, if somebody wants to steal from you, give them the shirt and the coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was real big on the big picture. And the big picture is bringing glory to God. Mm. 
Now, as a uh, believer, follower of Christ, and uh, and to be a disciple of Christ, then what he said is that you have to do like I do. Mm-hmm. And we can call ourselves a disciple because we think we're Christians, and therefore, as long as we carry his name, we're a disciple. But I've come to conclude that's not true. I think that we might be a disciple in training. But I think a true disciple is one who denies himself. Hmm. A true disciple, Christ tries to live his life around the pattern that Christ gave. Um, the things that he taught. You know, in the Great Commission, he says, go and teach those things that I commanded you. Mm-hmm. And that was the mandate for those disciples in building the church based on the things that Christ had taught them. And we, we, we know that he taught us about abiding in Christ. That happened not just a couple, few weeks before he ascended. He taught that lesson in John 15. And that's the heart of what we do. But there were many more other things that he taught. And a big part of it had to do with reconciliations. Mm. The way we treat people our perspective of serving. And, uh, and so if we're going to follow Christ, then he's going to stir us. If his spirit is within us and we have some conflicts going on in there, we need to listen to it. Mm. And, uh, and, and as you said, there, there are people that are hearing this today that are possibly thinking of someone that comes to mind, mm-hmm. that there's a breach in their relationship um, they've offended somebody, and uh, they don't know how to approach getting back with them. Somebody's offended them, and they're holding a grudge. Well, if if they are hearing or seeing that person in their mind's eye or thinking of that person, then I would challenge them to maybe consider that the Spirit is talking to them right now. Mm. And maybe the rest of this conversation we have will help them understand why they need to reconcile. Mm. <clears throat> you know, one of the one of the verses that we actually this is in the journey curriculum, uh, and it's one that really gets gets people's attention. But uh, it's in Matthew five twenty three and twenty four, and uh, it says, "Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift." Mm. And I, I just think. That says so many things to me. I mean, talking about, you know, if we're trying to abide in Christ, that's like coming to the altar. He says, don't bother. You know, if, if you sit there and rem- as you're coming, you remember, which is the Holy Spirit telling, reminding you probably, uh, that someone has something against you. You know, so that it, it may not even be that they it's merited in your mind, but, but nevertheless, they do. He, it's important enough for him that you go deal with that first before you come. And abide with him, or come and seek him, or whatever you know, worship with him. What do you think about that? Well, as you say that, I, I think about this, Brian. You know, again, back to this being a disciple of Christ. And if you, if you are uh, who you say you are, then do as I say, right? Uh, he's putting a, a lot of importance on us being the initiator. That's right. You see, we're to be the initiator of reconciliations. Mm. We should be the chief reconciler in conflicts, even when we've been offended. Uh, now, that's hard, by the way. And and that might that might lead into skillful ways of sharing with somebody 
that they've offended you, but at the same time work toward resolution, not just to to, to have a conflict there. Because mm. we we do get offended, and sometimes we need to we need to talk to our friends about it. You know, if we have a good friend that said, that offends us, then how are we going to approach it? We're going to approach them angrily. Are we going to approach and uh, give them a piece of our mind? Mm. Um, are we wanting to hurt them? Do we want to hurt them? Is that our is that our mission there to get even, or is it to help them understand that you know we've had a little little wound to our relationship? And I underscore our relationship, not just to me, but to our relationship. That's mm-hmm. what friends do. And so, skillfully learning how skillfully to be able to do that is a prayerful thing. And you know, you've heard me talk about that. And that is many times I, I feel like that I have quenched the spirit because I've reacted too quickly. Mm. And as in the as I got older, I began to understand the grief of the spirit is when I feel his grief, I feel something that's not right. It's either not right with me or it's not right with what I've seen mm. uh, or experienced. Uh, and uh, But uh, unfortunately, being from a reactive point of view growing up that I, I found myself reacting too much, too quickly. Mm. And as a result, I quenched the Spirit's ability to really do a, a miraculous thing. So what, what that caused me to do is it caused me to begin to ask the question, well, wait a minute here, let's pause, put a pause button here. And if, if the Lord is letting me feel this in here and Unless if it's not about me, because if it's something that I've done or I need to do, then I need to, I need to act on it immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't need to delay that. If I do, that would be disobedience. But if he's, if he's revealed something that I need to deal with, then that's going to be a problem with him and me until I de- deal with it. Mm. But if it's somebody else and it's clear to me that somebody else has offended me, then I need to take a very prayerful approach before I go into that conversation. I need to give the Spirit the opportunity to work it out, to prepare the ground. And, you know, I, I think that our marriages are, are full of reactive arguments, aren't mm. they? Mm-hmm. And as a spiritual leader in our home, then uh, at, we've got to be a reconciler. And we can't do that by being a reactor. Mm. We have to act. And we best act after we prayerfully considered how the Lord would want me to act. Now, does that mean that we don't say anything at all? No, that'd be passive. Mm-hmm. You know, the scriptures talk about you reproof a wise man, he'll love you. Reproof a scoffer, he'll hate you. And sometimes we enter into speaking to somebody and we think they'll be a wise person and that they'll receive the counsel wisely. And it turns out that it creates a uh, an embittered person. Mm. Well, when that happens, all you can do is walk away and just remember that you, it's been revealed to you that you're dealing with a, a scoffer here mm-hmm. and don't expect anything out of it. But there's a passage right before that in Proverbs that says that that uh, that it, that we uh, that faithful are the wounds of a friend, mm. but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. So, you know, the enemy can come and say all kind of nice things and never be able to create any kind of transfer of wisdom or resolution uh, just by trying to keep everything pleasant, nice, 
but a true friend will have to speak some wounding things sometimes. Mm. But he does it surgically. He doesn't abuse. He does it in a way that it leads to healing. Mm. And the only way you can get that kind of wisdom, you have to ask God to help you. Mm. And don't act until he does. So I, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about sometimes people won't receive it. You know, you, you can you can do your part of showing them love or, and asking for forgiveness or saying you're sorry or whatever, and then they just don't want to have anything to do with it. And I guess is there a time where you just kind of let it simmer and let the Holy Spirit know that you did the best you could do to try to make it better, and then you just got to let the Holy Spirit work on their hearts? Yeah, I do I do believe that. Uh, and the reason why is I think if we feel like that we've got to see it wrapped up in a nice bow to find peace with it, uh, then there are a lot of things that will hold us up in, mm-hmm. in finding that peace. And sometimes all we can do is plant a seed. Sometimes, uh, Brian, all we can do is not say something or not do something. And sometimes we have to wait for the other person to have their time to uh, think on it, pray on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're dealing with uh, the scriptures, talk about uh, talking to a fool. You know, they're they're just uh, they're not going to consider anything uh, as being they they were they're not approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not teachable. And there's some people you just don't have to have much expectation out of them when they start identifying themselves how they view things the best thing to do is just kind of ease away from that yeah well you know uh, it says that we show that we're our disciples by the way we love one another mm-hmm. so you can show love and but then distance yourself back yeah, from the situation doesn't mean you stay in a in a really toxic relationship just to be keep getting walked all over all the time you know no I don't think so I, I think that I think that toxic is the word you use toxic relationship and you know that 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 that's not the way reconciliation works you know there 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 are two things about uh, relationships and sometimes uh, we confuse reconciliation and forgiveness. And, you know, forgiveness is something that we're told to do and and not expect anything in return. Hmm. We do it because God said do it. And we do it because he, he forgave us, even when we didn't deserve it. We didn't even know we needed it. Hmm. Uh, but then when we began to understand how much we needed, and that's when we really start to gel in our relationship with him. That's where the love connection grows. Hmm. But two people... Um, you know, it wouldn't it be good if if you if two people could sit down and you could have um, a conversation that goes like this: that I forgive you, and the other one says, and I so appreciate that. And then the next thing they go to is say, well, let's talk about what happened. And then they begin to discuss the one side and the other, the positive and the negatives. And to reconcile is a is a is a bookkeeping term. You reconcile the books, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same way in relationships. You you kind of balance out. You were wrong here. You were wrong there. I was wrong here. I was wrong right there. Mm-hmm. And you get back and forth on those things. And finally, people who really have the mind of Christ are able to learn from their mistakes because nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody in a relationship is totally right. Mm-hmm. But... There are some people in a relationship that are not willing to reconcile. 
And so you have one person who's willing to forgive and the other person says, I don't need forgiveness. So what does that man who's been offended do? Does he not offer forgiveness because the man won't reconcile with him? Mm. Or does he offer forgiveness because Christ has forgiven him? Mm. And as far as reconciliation is concerned, well, he has to just hold on that maybe God won't one day make that happen. And that's happened to me. In fact, I wrote the prayer cottage and I had a real life situation and in the examination room, this this was a, a real life experience that I was dealing with a guy, and and he uh, and quite frankly, uh, <laughs> I know everybody's right in their own eyes, but uh, this was a blatant case of uh, of really having uh, being highly offended, uh, and yet I was willing to forgive him and reconcile, but. Like some people, they're not willing to admit they're wrong. And he didn't see himself wrong. He didn't feel like he needed to reconcile because he wasn't wrong. So reconciliation would never occur. And then when I conversed about that with the Lord, I was mixing that up. I was thinking, well, I had to have reconciliation to have true forgiveness, right? And the Lord was talking to me. He said, no, no, no. You give forgiveness as a gift to me. Mm. When you forgive him, for what he's done against you. You worship me. Mm. And you know what? Why don't you just let this thing lay out there with a state of peace, pray for him, ask me to bless him. And if you guys ever reconcile, consider that my gift to you. Mm. And uh, and I, I think that this is where we have to kind of go with it. And that is, we're responsible for forgiveness. And if we can do anything to create reconciliation, we should do so. But if we can't, well, let's just lay it at the foot of Jesus and see what he does with it. Mm. I like that. That was really good. I I was thinking, still thinking about what you said about marriage, too, because that, that seems to be, you know, our most intimate relationship, but but the one that, you know, most fights, more fights occur in that relationship than they do any other, you know, and sometimes I think we're guilty of treating the person we love the most, the worst, you know, and mm-hmm. don't know why that is. I never figured out that dynamic, but uh, there was a book called uh, Love and Respect. I think it was called Love and Respect, but it was just talking about how women really want to be loved mm-hmm. and men really want to be respected. But if a, if a man's not really loving his wife the way he should, she's not respecting him and or vice versa. You know, it starts somewhere, but it's a vicious cycle yeah. that, that never ends yeah. unless somebody initiates. And I was kind of thinking about what you said. Influencers or disciples of Christ should be the initiators, mm-hmm. whether that's a man or I guess it could be a woman, too, who breaks that vicious cycle and steps in where, where it's hard to, to do so. And does the, the tough stuff to break the cycle so it can it can get healthy again? Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, somebody's got to lead out being Christ-like in a relationship, and um, and if you don't, then you're gonna have what what the devil would do with your relationship. And uh, and I would like to think that influencers who really not just influencers, but uh, people that would call themselves disciples of Christ would listen to him. And, and we look at his model. But you know, the marriage is, a, is, 
is a dynamic relationship. And dynamic means it, it can go either way pretty quick, like dynamite, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you have, it has sparks, but you also have a lot of passion. And you have just the deepest love and the closest relationships. And, and I think that, you know, we've heard this before that uh, hate is not the opposite of love. The opposite of love is indifference. Mm. And so when you have relationships that are dynamic, generally there's a lot of love in there. It's just unresolved conflicts. And they need to get, be gotten good. And they can if they deal with it in the way Christ is taught. And somebody has to come out and say, well, you know, I've been given a lot of grace by him, and I think I'm going to do the same here. Mm. You know, we talk about this, about uh, about the way we live life, and, and you know, the, the three things, justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is getting what you deserve, and mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting something you don't deserve. And, and one of the things that we as influencers and disciples of Christ need to understand, and that is that in this world, we're not going to get a lot of justice. When you start demanding justice for yourself, it's going to be a losing proposition a lot of the time. You're going to be in conflict a lot. And, and we rise above that and by, we, by giving mercy and play the mercy rule. A lot of times our relationships or or settle down many times when we don't give somebody what they deserve. We play the mercy rule. And and the question is, well, why would we play the mercy rule? Well, because that's what God did. He's a merciful God. He doesn't give people what they deserve. Hmm. But then because of Christ, and this is the difference between a, a disciple of Christ, a person who walks as Christ did, lives as Christ did, then he does the things that Christ did, and that is he gives what is not deserved. Mm. He gives a blessing instead of a curse, instead of indifference, mm. instead of hate. He gives Christ love. Mm. And that enables something good to go on, and it enables a magnificent thing it allows the Holy Spirit to enter into a situation, including a relationship, including a marriage, mm. in all kind of conflicts. If somebody would just lead out mm. and be Jesus to the situation, mm. we can see what Jesus can do there. You know, I, I've led a lot of journey groups, and so have you, and I've, I've heard story after story when guys start really connecting with Christ. It just all of a sudden he brings to mind things that they needed to deal with, you know, and they, there's some tough phone calls that get made to ex-wives, to to former business partners, to uh, someone they're in con- with their parents. I mean, you know, and it's really a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. But they feel like they 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 have to. They feel compelled yeah. to. Do that. Have you seen any of that? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know what that is is you got a lot of poison from your past that lives within you, and memories, unresolved issues. And those things, they, they eat you up, really. And the older you get, the more unrestrained you get with them. And if you ever seen an old man or woman who had unforgiveness in them all their life, then you see them very bitter in the end, don't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And those things get worse. And, and I think there's health issues, mental health, spiritual health, for sure, physical health issues, that 
that good instructions that come from the Word of God helps us with uh, all of those things if we'll follow them. And, and I think one of the things that happens is when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like what you're talking about. He starts stirring that stuff up because mm. he wants to get it out. He doesn't want to occupy that dirty closet. Mm. He going to clean that closet up in there, which is our inner being. Mm-hmm. He's going to sweep it up. He's going to dust it out. He's going to blow it out the door. Mm. And uh, that's when we need to let him do it. Because when that happens, then we have a freshness and a newness. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's good for your mental health along with your spiritual health. Mm. So let's go back to uh, what we said earlier, that there's probably someone listening out now who... As soon as we start talking about it, they're going, oh, no, they're going to talk about this. It's going to, I'm going to be convicted, you know. And they're just thinking somebody, oh, Lord, That's don't. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but they probably don't think it is. So what would you say to that person, you know, if they're sitting there going, what do I do about this? You know, I mean, just, and again, we don't know the situation, but what, just as as somebody who, if they're trying to seek Christ and please Christ, what would you tell them to do? Well, you know, uh I, I think the point of view here is important, and, and I think we can go to the big picture point of view of why we would reconcile, why we would forgive. And it's not just because uh, we're told to do it in the Scriptures. It's because there's something there that God wants to do for us. It's need, it needs that. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and so I would say that we, they need to approach this situation right now, that if they are being stirred up right now, it's obvious that, that he's stirring the pot here and he and they need to listen here. And I believe that in any situation that requires obedience uh, to a clear mandate that, that Christ has given us, yes, there is resistance. And we'll have resistance all around us, including ourselves, especially ourselves. But there's always breakthroughs that when we take that step toward him with something like that, he takes a step toward us mm. and he begins blessing us because we took that step of obedience. And if you've got guys out there, guys and gals out there who are, who are hearing this and they're, and they're thinking about these things, well, this is what you do with it. You, you just right now. Pray and ask God, what should I do with this? Mm-hmm. What is my next step here? And and then I would say, add to it, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you find that you feel that you know what you need to do, then take that step. But do it to his glory. Make sure that that is your objective, is try to make the end game about this thing to be for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he will invite you to even better things as you take that step. Mm. So they, they, they think it might be for the other person or whatever, or about, even about their relationship. It might be about their relationship with God, is what you're saying, ultimately. Well, it's always about that. <laughs> I mean, he's invited us to more. And, you know, he, there are things stands in the way of intimacy with him oftentimes. And even when we feel they're there, I mean, he's continuing to remind us things that, that he's purifying us in. That's what pruning is about. That's what sifting is about. That's what discipline's about. It's to, it's to bless us. There's not any of those things that are meant to curse us or hurt us or damage us. Every one of those challenging trials that we go through that he says, 
you know, that we must trust him in. It is always to bless us. Mm. That's his plan. That's his end game. And can we trust him? That's right. Well, let me let me close with this uh, this verse, Rocky, that you brought up earlier. But uh, Psalm one thirty three. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Hmm. Sounds like something that God enjoys is unity and peace and reconciliation, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know, I looked up that oil that it's talking about, and it's sacrificial it was all that was olive oil, but it had all these fragrances and spices in it, um, and it's a it's a, a real pleasant fragrance. They said, mm. and if you think about what it's trying to say here, is that unity is a fragrance to God. Mm. Mm. It's a blessing to us, and uh, and I think that that's what he's saying there. Yeah. So why wouldn't we want to? Want to bless God, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, thank you, Rocky, and hopefully that gave some people a few things to think about today yeah. and uh, to pray about, and uh, hope it was a blessing. But uh, anyway, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, I just encourage you to go to our website www.influencers.org and check out all our resources on there, including uh, other podcasts we've uh, recorded and uh, some videos that are out there for you and and uh, devotionals and all sorts of resources for you to help you on your on your journey. We also want to draw your attention to our year-end appeal, which we're calling the Generosity Challenge, which uh, you can read about on our website. If you go under the Give tab in the Generosity Challenge, we're, uh, we are uh, asking you to pray about investing in this ministry to help us bring the journey and intimacy with Christ and our message to uh, new cities all around the country. And, and also, uh, at the same time, want to bless... Uh, your regions and your local regional directors uh, wherever you live. So check that out at the Generosity Challenge. And uh, one more thing, if you want to send us an email with a podcast topic you'd like to hear us talk about, send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.